Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Ellie, thanks for being a part of the program. If you had to describe yourself, how would you describe yourself? I think I'm pretty fun. I like being outside. I like doing like things that other people don't. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I like going in like to Africa and doing mission trips. Like my people my age don't do that. Wow. So I wow. always go do that because that's like my favorite thing to do. My favorite activities. Where'd you Africa. go in Africa? Uganda. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Life changing. Oh yeah, definitely. Wow. Just it's more of the people. People say that missionaries go to change other people's lives, but you're definitely like changing my life by yeah. doing that. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me ask you. I mean, it's it's the million dollar question that I ask everybody. How did you end up at Heartlight? What was going on that you ended uh, up here? I lived two lives. I went from like being a missionary, like in Africa, two weeks a year, to like going home and like deceiving my parents and just doing whatever I wanted wow. and just basically lived two lives. What do you think was driving that? I think it was me being bored mostly, really, and trying to see what I could get away with. And so to get away with it just for the excitement of getting away, like stealing something or... But, yeah, I mean, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Are you really? Yeah. And so what what would you do that to see if you can just get away with it? I would sneak out of my house, like hang out with friends that are probably not good influences. I know my parents wouldn't like let me be friends with. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Okay, so... What kind of precipitated coming to Heartlight? I mean, what what started that thing where somebody finally said, okay, we got to do something? Well, a week before I came here, my parents, like, kind of went through my phone and discovered that, like, all my friends were dealing drugs. And wow. I've, like, hauled around friends that, like, dealt drugs and had guns with them while mm. they were in my car. And I worked and I had a job. So all my friends came from there. Wow. And even, like, my close, like, my good friends, yeah. I would lie to and, like, use them for selfish reasons. Selfish reasons like? Like, I would have them there so that my parents didn't know that I was, like, doing bad. Wow. So they were kind of, like, my safe people that I keep around my parents. Yeah. So when did you come to the realization that, okay, what I'm doing like you said, I'm living two lives. When did you come to that realization? Probably once I got to Heartlight. Really? Yeah, really? whenever people would ask me about it, I was like, yeah, I guess I really did. Because they're like, how did you do mission trips and do all this stuff for other people but still end up at Heartlight? And I was wow. like, it's because like, I was only being a missionary 
two weeks out of the year and the other 50 weeks is yeah. like that. Okay. I mean, but I, you know, I, I think there's a, there's kind of a normalcy in one sense. I mean, it, you know, there's, I think a lot of people live a number of lives and it doesn't mean that they're weird. It just means that they, they do different things, you know? And so there's just because you were messing up during the 50 weeks doesn't mean that there isn't the appeal to help other people or to be a missionary of, you know, to be the feet of God to go offer something to somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I lived in Africa, I probably wouldn't end up at Heartlight. I think it was mostly just the environment. Really? Yeah. Really? And what was so hard about the environment? Well, here there was, I felt like it was just a lot worse here than it was like in Africa. And Africa is kind of everyone's happy not everyone but mostly like it's more of a happy place i really liked what i was doing i had like a goal set to like help others and here it was like doing school like going to work having my family so it was mostly just did family become hard it wasn't really hard until like that time that my parents like found out what i was actually up to yeah because before we had a relationship, I, not really a relationship, is more of like, how was your day? My day was okay. Yeah. And hey, can I go here? Yes or no? Like. Yeah. So it wasn't like we had a relationship. It was more of like we were acquaintances. Wow. Wow. Did, has, has it always been like that or did it just start? Can you pinpoint when that started? I think it started pretty young because I would like, I've always kind of lied to my parents, like even about stupid stuff, just because I didn't really care enough, hmm. I guess. And I've always distanced myself from them. I've never really been like close or wanted to be close. Why did you distance yourself? I don't know. I think I was just like scared of doing something wrong. Why were you afraid of doing something wrong? Because I don't like being wrong. Why do you not like being wrong? Because <laughs> um, what is what when somebody says that you're wrong, what does that tell you? What What message do you hear? If I said, hey, Ellie, that's wrong... Yeah. What do you really hear when I say that? I think more of like, I'm not good enough. Wow. Why do you think you're not good enough? I don't know, because I could have like, I feel like I could have done better. Why did you need to do better? I don't know. I've always just had very high goals for myself. Really? Have you had the high goals or somebody else had the high goals? It was like my parents having high goals, but I had, I wanted to be, have those goals for yeah. myself. A little bit of both. Yeah. And so, so you disappoint yourself and, you know, I mean, so the fall is great. I mean, when you, when you stumble and fall, now it's a complete mess. Mm -hmm. Do you think you, you know, that you hid who you were from your parents because you didn't want to disappoint them? I definitely did hide myself from my parents. I never really like let them know who I was or who I wanted to be. It was more of like, I was who they wanted me to be. Yeah. I was usually just afraid of like actually being myself around them. Because if you were and they found out that something was wrong, then it would tell you that you're not good enough. Yeah. Do you think you were born with that? With that, with just that thought that I'm not good enough? Have you always felt that all your life? Mm, In a sense, I've always thought that I could do better than what I'm doing. So you beat yourself up a lot? Yeah, I guess. And how do you do that? 
it's more of like next time I'll make sure that this goes this way. Yeah. Or it's more of like looking back and then looking in the future of like how can I change the situation. Wow. So I'm prepared for situations that have already happened. Yeah. But I'm not prepared for like the situations that are yet to come. Wow. I, I think that's pretty insightful. So when you go to sleep at night and in between the time that your head hits that pillow and you actually doze off, do you think about what a clutch you've been through the day and how you could have done it different? Or do you think about, here's some things I want to accomplish tomorrow? It's more of like what I can do tomorrow to be better than it was Today. that day. Yeah. But do you end on a good note thinking, hey, this was a good day? Or do you end on going, this wasn't so good. I could have done, I, I need to do better. Usually I end it with like, this is a good day. But tomorrow will be better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's most nights. Some nights it's not like that. Yeah. Some <laughs> nights Some nights it's what? It's like looking back on my day and like what happened? Like how did I let it get this far? Wow. Wow. Do you find yourself still in that sometimes? Yeah. I mean, I mean so those patterns of thinking that you've had for a long time, they, they still come back to haunt you a little bit? Yeah. Quite a bit. You think that's you think that's self-image or a self-concept of who you are? I'm not sure. Haven't mm. thought about it that much. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes people don't want to hear where they're wrong or want to disappoint anybody because they're fearful that they'll lose the relationship if somebody knows they're not all put together and fixed and good and perfect. Are you that way? Yeah, if I I have a hard time like building relationships, so once I do, then it's very hard to like let go of a relationship that I put my time and effort yeah. and stuff into. Yeah, but I get the idea you beat yourself up a little bit inside yeah. your head because that that moves to shame, mm -hmm. where you shame yourself, but then it moves even further to contempt. Yeah, where now it's I'm, I'm just not shaming myself. Now I hate myself. You think you hate yourself sometimes? Yes. Wow. Sometimes I hate myself, but sometimes I put the blame on others. Wow. And I'm like, I hate like myself because of like something that you did. Wow. Wow. Well, it sounds like you're thinking it through a lot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it just see, I, I, I would, you know, if somebody said, well, boy, what does that conversation sound like? I said, I, I, I would say... That sounds like somebody that's that's pretty healthy and they're thinking things through a little bit so you can kind of stop that. Mm -hmm. Where do you think you'd be if your parents wouldn't have kind of intervened and said, okay, hey, this has got to stop? Oh, wow. I'd probably, I'd be a very manipulative person. Wow. And I would just use everyone for whatever I can. And I wouldn't, like, want relationships with anyone because... I'd be pretty good on my own. Wow. I was I was heading down a rough path before I came to Heartlight. Yeah. It was like within a six-month period, it escalated very quick, yeah. like very quickly. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty miserable existence, mm -hmm. I guess, you know. When your parents said, okay, we're going to do something, was it really that much of a shock or did you feel... Maybe this isn't a bad deal. Maybe this is my way out. Well, 
I was in shock that like my parents actually did something. Yeah. Because usually they're like, you can't have your phone. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, I don't need it. Yeah. I've spent a couple of weeks in Africa. Like, I've gone without a phone before. <laughs> but um, whenever they sent me here, I was pretty excited to like make myself who I want to be, like in a positive way. Yeah. Of like having like a fresh chance to become something. Kind of start over a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, cool. Well, you're doing a good job. I mean, you're doing wonderful, and, and uh, everybody here loves you to death. I mean, it's just I hear every positive comment. I can't even think of a negative comment <laughs> that I can, I can make up some if you want me to, but, yeah. but, uh, but, I, but I won't do that. But thanks for being a part of the program today and, and just sharing your heart and stuff. Yeah, thank you for having me. Moms, dads, and grandparents are all part of a journey that will change the destiny of their families. And that journey can be changed for the better. Mark Gregston has written three books that will help encourage relationships, strengthen marriages, and help all moms, dads, and grandparents out there stay focused on what truly matters. For moms, Prayers for My Teen, a book of prayers and devotionals to help them stay anchored. For fathers, a devotional for dads, a series of devotions to help them protect their marriage and encourage their children. And finally, Grandparenting Today's Teens is a resource for any grandparent who wants to connect to their teen grandchildren in a meaningful way. Moms, Dads, and Grandparents, three books that can help change them all and change the course of their family's future. You can order Prayers for My Teen, a devotional for dads, and Grandparenting Today's Teens by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Kelly, thanks for being a part of the program. Uh, and, and, and his real name isn't Kelly. And the reason I say that, he goes, yeah, I'll talk about this, but I'm not so sure that I want everybody to know my name. And, uh, but thanks for coming in and, and uh, be yeah. willing to sit down with me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you're, probably, you're looking at me going, what's he going to be asking me? <laughs> okay, we're talking about porn. I mean, and, and you know, uh, I've said it a million times, there's 4.3 million porn sites out there. I've always said I didn't know there were that many naked women in the world, you know, <laughs> and, I, and, and I joke about it in one sense, but, but I mean, porn is a, is, a, is a part of life for anybody in high school and stuff, don't you think? Yeah, I'd say it's more frowned upon if you don't, like, look yeah. at it than... Yeah. You do. Yeah. And so, I mean, so when do you think the first time, and I, and I don't know many men that haven't looked at porn or yeah. haven't seen porn, Yeah. but I, but I go, um, when was the first time that you, you go, ah, there it is. I see it. How old were you? I mean, the first time I ever saw it, I remember it was in like third grade when I was at a friend's house and like, it was him and his sister. It was really weird, but they were like, yo, look at this. And I was just like, what like yeah yeah but it was like it kind of like scared me i don't know i was like what like this is so confusing but then i know when i was like i don't know in like fifth or sixth grade i think i like saw something or something i don't know i guess i changed yeah yeah. (laughs) to where it wasn't so confusing anymore i think i just like saw something on the internet or something yeah 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 and it just becomes somewhat normal yeah how do you think it's how do you think it impacts you and I'm not talking about you know any sexual stimulation or anything. I, 
you know, I, I think I think men are kind of normally attracted or wired for that. You know, I mean, I know we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and I get, but men are more visual than women are. How does that affect you? How do you see that? Um, I think it's very corrupting of the brain, and it like the way. Well, I mean, personally, and I feel like it goes for other people too. But like the way that we view women after like watching porn, like it kind of like, I mean, it's demeaning kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just kind of like not viewing them as like a partner. You're more viewing them as like an object. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> I know it's bad. And it can like ruin relationships. I know that just because like, I guess once you like, are so used to it and like accustomed to it, like that's normal to you. Yeah. And like that's like what a relationship looks like. But for like a girl who like doesn't like doesn't like watch it or like isn't like that isn't normal to her, like you're on different pages and it just kinda like throws Yeah. Like throws things off. So do you think the expectation level changes then that a guy really begins to think, okay, that's what I want? Yeah, I'd say and, yeah. and some girls going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so, so you know, because I'm thinking about, you know, 13, 14-year-old guys. Um, I know what I thought about when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> I mean, that's all I thought about, yeah. it's, it seemed like. But now you get to visualize it because it's right there on your phone and it's, it's readily available. Yeah. You know, when it changes your perspective of of the girls that are around you, and I and I think you put it so well when you said that it changes the the relationship of who they are, um, you know, and and now they become an object. But what does it do in the relationship that you have with them? You know what I mean? That just how you relate with them. I feel like it kind of like changes things just because, like, in your mind, you're like, oh, like I hope this is how it's going to be. But in their mind, like, it's not. So, like, I mean, kind of like I said, you're, like, on a different page or whatever. So, like, I'm sure, I mean, I haven't, like, personally, but, like, I'm sure, like, people get frustrated because, like, they expect a girl to do, like, what they see yeah, and, like, what they want. But the girl's just, like, completely thrown off. And it would just, like, start the down spiral in a relationship. You think that's the expectation level that gets set? Yeah. And the, people begin to think that, well, all girls do this all yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. And, and this is what I... Why would why would they not do this? Yeah. Okay. You think that's older girls and maybe younger girls get sucked into it a little bit? Yeah. You know, and, and so they're doing things that they're going, wait a minute, what was that about? Just because they want to be connected with somebody else? Yeah, I feel like girls will then, like, do stuff that they don't want to do or they know it's wrong, but they just know that, like, there's girls out there that will do it, and, like, that'll attract guys or, like, get attention of, like, the guys. So I think, like, girls will do stuff that either, A, they'll regret or they know is wrong, but, like, it's just to, like, either, like, fit in or, like, be loved or liked by a guy. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It really is kind of crazy. You know, sometimes I think that that girls just need to be given a chance to be young girls, you know, just to be innocent yeah. and not become a sex object when they're 11 and 12 yeah. years old, you yeah. know. I mean, can't, once you've been exposed, I mean, 
what does it make you look for in a relationship with somebody? Um, I mean, does it does it supercharge you sexually that you go, that's what I want and that's what I'm going to get? Or does it change the way you go, wait a minute, I want something normal? Um, I'd say at first, well, I mean, now I'm almost 18, but when I was like 14, 15, like it was like, that's what I want. Like that's like what I visualized and like what I wanted in a relationship. But I was 14 or 15, like that's... It's pretty unrealistic, but like now it's becoming less and less unrealistic. Um, but I don't know, just like growing up, I mean, even though I'm still young, but like learning stuff, it's just like disrespectful. I mean, it can't, like it's weird to say that, but it's just like, I don't know, just like growing up and like I've like read some marriage books. I don't know why, but like, it's just like disrespectful and like even to like want that is kind of disrespectful to like a girl just because yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. most of the time like a girl doesn't want that in a relationship. Okay, you're 18 years old and you've read marriage books. What are you bored out of your mind? Or <laughs> what well, I mean, how do you pick up a marriage book? Does that does it make you kind of start to question and say, Well, how does this fit together in marriage? I mean, how does this work? Yeah. Um, I mean, the reason I picked up marriage books is just because, like, I've ruined relationships in the past. And, like, because of, like, me being selfish in some areas of, like, what I want and not thinking, like, of the other person. And so I just want to, like, learn, like, yeah. what the experts or the doctors say is, like, a healthy way to, yeah. to like, be in a relationship. And it's eye-opening. You think it's hard to find healthy relationships? Yeah. I think, I don't know, personally, I think the way to go is, like, before you get into a relationship, make sure you're on the same page. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know from experience, like, stuff will come out later down the road. Yeah. And then yeah. stuff just hits the wall. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Kelly, thanks for... Uh, even though that's not your name, but <laughs> Kelly, thanks for for uh, just your honesty. And yeah. um, you know, it, it, I've always thought that it's not going to go away. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's the, the porn thing's not going to go away. And if it's not going to go away, then it's then there's can be some good things that can be learned from it. And it seems like you've taken it to that level in some way. And so, appreciate your honesty. Thanks for yeah. being a part of the program. No problem. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.